Hey everybody, it is uh, <laughs> snap, clap, restart. Okay. Hey everybody, welcome to No Small Thing. It's Macy and I'm here at the top of the show just to welcome you um, and run through a few keeping house things. Um, so tonight, today's episode is a really cool interview that Scott and I uh, did with Deb Thomas, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a sex therapist who spoke with us in depth about anxiety. Um, but before we can jump right to that conversation, which I can't wait for everyone to hear, it was such a blessing to be a part of, um, a few things to tell our audience. First of all, if you're listening, you found us somehow. Um, but you could listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. More media to come of ways to listen. Um, Another thing to our listeners is that if you are looking to see what's going on with No Small Thing outside of when we release these episodes, you should check out our different ways to engage. Specifically, our Instagram page is probably our most active, um, and you can just follow us at, follow us at No Small Thing. Um, if you have any questions or comments that you would like to share with us, stories to share, um, things that you're interested in, reflections from any previous episodes, you can also reach out to the No Small team um, at our email, nosmallthingpodcast at gmail.com. And then the last quick announcement that I have is that we are officially live and on Patreon. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a way for people who are producing um, different content um, in order to kind of pool support from the people around them who believe in what they're doing. So if you believe in what No Small Thing is about and you believe in this podcast and you're looking for ways to support us, you can check us out on no small or www.patreon.com slash no small thing. And you can see all the different ways that you can support us. Um, and as Patreon supporters, you get a weekly ASMR and then any other bonus content that we um, in the future will decide to release to our Patreon. You're kind of the, the people who get the most and receive all the first new information. Um, so I think that's all that we have for you guys. Um, I really hope that you enjoy this interview. I know that I really enjoyed it and found it to be incredibly fruitful. I'm still, it's three or four days since the interview and I'm still thinking back to different um, things that Deb raised and questions and um, thoughts. So I hope that you guys can enjoy this conversation. It's no small thing. Hey guys, just before we start the interview, this is Matthew, the producer of No Small Thing Podcast. And I just wanted to provide a trigger warning for everybody. We do talk about anxiety and the symptoms of anxiety in depth, I would say. So if it's not healthy or helpful for you to listen to this episode, totally skip this one. Listen to our old ones catch up with us on our next episode, or find someone you trust and listen to it with them. We want you to be happy and healthy, so if this podcast isn't a part of that, that's fine. No further ado, please enjoy the episode.
All right, here we are in the house. <laughs> we have a special guest with us. In the house. In the house. Yay. Deb Thomas, <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself? Um, I'm Deb Thomas. I'm a marriage and family therapist, and I work with the Samaritan Center of Puget Sound. Mm. And I'm a therapist. And mm-hmm. so regarding the topic today, we're talking about anxiety, right? You guys mm. in Introduce, uh, invited me to come and mm-hmm. talk about anxiety, and I pretty much talk about this topic every day, <laughs> every minute of every day. So you're every pretty qualified. Day, <laughs> probably with every client that I see. Hmm. Uh, I mean, would you be willing to talk about a little bit about your journey because you went back and got your master's degree mm-hmm. a little bit later mm-hmm. in life. Mm-hmm. Where did mm-hmm. you go again? Yeah, so you at SPU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seattle Pacific really? University. And, and Macy and I are SPU grads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, so this is a second career for me. Um, I worked, so I was an English major. Wow, sweet. No plans to be a therapist. <laughs> Zero plans. If you would have told me that I was going to be a, a therapist, and then even you know my, my other role as marriage and family therapist is that I'm also a sex therapist. And for both of those things, I'm going to talk about that someday. Yeah. We'll have you back on. Never, 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 never. No, I don't think so. (laughs) Um, um, But then things happen and they change and um, happy changes. Um, But I worked in the corporate world for a while. I worked Mm -hmm. in software at Aldous and then Adobe Systems. Wow. And um, I was started <laughs> on the phones doing tech support. Wow. Oh. Helping people <gasps> with their problems. Whoa. And when and they then you called were at me, <laughs> they were very anxious. <laughs> Many wow. times. Origin in the stories. Middle, in the middle of some major project, and of course, there's a huge mm. deadline, and I can't print, right? When I started on the phones, a lot of it was just helping people mm. and helping people with their problems, which is a lot of what I do right now. Yeah. Um, and being a voice and um, the faraway hand to hold mm. while you're walking through um, how to... So this will date me. So um, it was runtime Windows. I was supporting Windows. And our software had a runtime version. It was before Windows 3.0. So you Mm -hmm. walked people through DOS um, and helping (laughs) them locate their win I and I. No, no, so no, no, no. Will someone no, my know dad is going to track everything. One of your listeners will know what all of that is. Um, so my font won't print. This won't print. Mm. So it was PageMaker. Mm. And oh. um, then, um, you know, lots of mergers and acquisitions. And I also had babies and... <laughs> Um, and real I was human a working, working mom and, um, and I was a manager through all of this time. And I loved, I loved working with people. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the part that I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved helping people. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I loved it. It was fascinating to me because we were in this per- period of time where we were constantly buying companies and merging. And so all these acquisitions and mergers. And so that also meant lots of layoffs and Mm -hmm. um, pain and heartache. And uh, I learned a lot about myself during that time. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things that I learned the most is I was fascinated with how companies were like families. Mm -hmm. I was fascinated with looking at problems from a systemic lens and what were root causes of the problems and trying to um, figure out how to help the most people. And so when I left Adobe, I thought perhaps that I would go into organizational development and Mm -hmm. I thought that I would work as a consultant and do trainings and, you know, for companies Mm-hmm. And after I left and I had some time away and soul searching, it was like, well, it's, it's really just people. It's just really individuals. And mm-hmm. it's really families mm-hmm. and couples um, that I wanted to work with. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk about what really mattered. And companies are really important. They keep us going. And they're in, in so many ways, they add to our economy and... They provide like PageMaker and Adobe. PageMaker. Page. I don't know PageMaker. Uh, Photoshop. <laughs> okay. PageMaker. Is that a is that a is that a Microsoft? Yeah, I know PDF. Is yeah. is is PageMaker Adobe? Yeah. Wow. What is it? it was oldest. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know what the software we does. Don't Desktop publishing. So laying out your <laughs> newsletters and oh, I and probably would like that. Maybe, and maybe. all about communicating. Is it still being ideas. used? Yeah. Oh, page maker. I it shows my it. ignorance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, but this is interrupting your beautiful story. <laughs> getting sidetracked on page maker. <laughs> so, but that was a long time ago, mm-hmm. right? Right. But um, I loved. There was lots of pieces of that that I loved. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't love is that it wasn't personal. Hmm. Wow. And that there were all of these places, especially as a manager, hmm. where you like drew this line. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we're not talking about that Ugh. thing. And that was like, hard. Like, well, it was just when I, I don't know how hard it was, but when it came to what do I really want to do with my life, mm-hmm. it was just like, no, I want to go over the line. You were like, this isn't the place for me if I can't go over the line. I want to talk about people's hearts. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about what really matters to them. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the part of them that they may not bring to work. Mm -hmm. Um, That they're like, this is personal. Mm -hmm. Um, This is sacred. Mm -hmm. And so this is like, well, that's the most important part of being human. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted to be involved in. And then I started at SPU and their marriage and family therapy program. Well, and uh, they were blessed. <laughs> That's so sweet. I feel Thank like you. it's really clear through your story that this is like the right path for you mm. or like a path that you shine in, mm. I guess. Maybe not mm. the right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. And I think people's ears probably perked up when she said sex therapist. That's, that's going to be an earmark for another podcast. Episode. Yeah, it will so truly be. So you should, for that. you should explain um, 
Yeah, we know Deb. So first of all, Macy was the intern at our high school. Yeah. Youth program. Yeah, that was my job. But and then uh, there was another intern named Katie Thomas, who we love. I what what was I and am I am yeah. the high school director <laughs> at our church, University Presbyterian Church. So Macy doesn't work there anymore, and actually neither does Katie, and I yeah. remain. Scott remains, but, but Katie and I worked together. She yeah. was intern before me, and then I came. And we're all kind of best buds. Yeah. And in the midst of all that, Katie, we are talking about doing a sex series. Okay, mm-hmm. so some people listening may not even know the Christian world, which is fine. <laughs> but if you do, you know that that is one of the most precarious. Anxiety-producing topic. Every youth group has to go through its six weeks. And I've been doing youth ministry full-time for like (laughs) 16 years now, and I've done lots of sex series, and they've all been different, and they've all been attempts to do a better job at the classic talk, which is essentially just just don't have sex, and God's going to be mad at you if you do or something like that. So we've tried to do a better job. Yeah, so (laughs) Katie suggested bringing her mom, Deb, in to help us yeah. talk about this. And so we had two or three lovely coffee dates with Deb trying to plan something that would work. And then she came and helped us out. And yeah. it was awesome. And our kids loved it. And we had so much fun. And we had so much fun. Yeah. And, and we think, learned a lot. I, I learned a just lot. Just being around Deb, we, we all, I feel pretty blessed to be around you, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that I personally feel like you bring a lot to the conversation, not just in terms, in those coffee conversations, it wasn't always, it wasn't just about, oh, these sex talks. You always, I feel like, approach the world holistically, which, mm. I don't know, was really cool. Holistically. Holistically. They have a holistic mm. approach to mm-hmm. a person, which I think, when talking about anxiety, is probably helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and there was uh, another shout out is uh, Dr. Tina Shermer Sellers. Mm, is that yeah. how I say it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My and mentor. Your mentor, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's her book called? You? Sex, God, and the Conservative Church. Yeah, if you're interested in yeah. reading a book Check it that out, would give you a really, interesting, <laughs> a really interesting take on Christianity and sex, read Dr. Tina's book. Yeah. Sex, God, and the Conservative Church. And the subtitle is Erasing Shame, Sexual Shame. I can't remember. Yeah, something like that. So It's already a long title, plus a <laughs> subtitle. Come on. <laughs> There's a lot Sex, God, and say. the Conservative Church, and then a subtitle, Erasing Shame. Well, yeah, that's it, a really provocative title. You yeah. got yeah. to explain. Yeah. Well, if you start talking about sex, like a real conversation with real people... That's a great way to get people's anxiety up. Ramps, right? (laughs) Right? You can see it on their faces. People freeze. Yeah. Um, Because so many people have talked about sex in a really negative way. So they might be bracing themselves for what negative thing Mm -hmm. that you're going to say. Or they've never talked about it at all. So there's this experience of you are breaking every single rule. Yeah. Um, only comedians and, and the uh, movies uh. can actually have a real conversation about real issues. Comedians and movies. Oh, my gosh. That's so unfortunate. But it's true. But when we actually have real conversation about real issues, mm-hmm. whatever the topic is, and that we're coming from a sense of, of here's what's happening to me. And we can say that and not be afraid of being shamed. Mm. We can say that and not being afraid of being judged. 
It's like so much healing happens. Just having it releasing from your brain. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that gerbil wheel of your brain that's chewing on an issue. Right? Right? Yeah. 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 So it's so healing. And it, it every single topic that is um, core to us as human. Mm-hmm. Topics about our spirituality, topics about our sexuality, topics about our mission and call in life, um, to- sometimes even topics about what we want to eat for dinner. It's just like it's so painful to be judged. It's mm. so painful to be hurt that we will do all kinds of things to protect ourselves from mm. that. Just thinking mm. about being married, I have two kids. And uh, it's so funny. Like, I think eight out of ten times there's a conversation about what's for dinner or what are we having for dinner. It goes great. But two out of ten, it, it's going to be a drama. some drama. Yes. Yeah. What a weird little, like, snapshot of anxiety-inducing moments, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, the kind what of anxiety where you hold your breath and you're yeah. like, this is going south. I thought I thought there was already a plan. I want ramen. I don't want ramen. I want to eat what's in the fridge. I don't want to sit together. I want to. I thought, well, you know, all of it. That's a great intro. That is. We're gonna talk about our topic. I know. I think we should like introduce. Like, we're talking. The topic. Yeah, yeah. This is anxiety. Go back. We're gonna talk Go back about to the introduction. <laughs> yeah. What we had a question in our direct messages. I think that we should first say what do we yeah. mean when we say anxiety? Yeah. Let's What's start anxiety? With that. What's the difference between anxiety and fear? Maybe. Oh yeah. Or that's nervousness. Good. Is there? Oh yeah. This one was not that. This, that's a better way to start. Yeah. Your your way is better. So we well, did not look up a clinical. Um, definition, and that's Googleable. If you really want a clinical, it's Googleable, and I have. Oh, you did it on D- purpose, on because we can look up the DSM and every yeah. five, and everyone can look it up yes. to see what actually a clinical diagnosis is. But I think a working diagnosis is really, um, or a definition, mm-hmm. not a diagnosis, definition. is probably more helpful because mm-hmm. because of how we use language mm-hmm. and that we use. Anxiety as a regular part of our vernacular mm-hmm. yeah. um, and fear and worry and yeah. all those words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so some people may not actually define what's happening to them as anxiety. And when I'm working with people, I use the words that they use. Hmm. Um, but probably in my definition, when I think about anxiety, I think of this nagging, worrisome, 
fear of the future that is often most likely over the top and keeps you from breathing. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I know that resonates with me. <laughs> Your heart races. You don't get full breaths. You start to move into fight or flight. Um, and so you could call that fear as well. And, and it, it really just mm-hmm. depends. Mm-hmm. I think that when we start to talk about other factors that go with it, about I can't get this thought out of my head mm-hmm. or I have these compulsive behaviors where I'm trying to really just make it better. Mm-hmm. And so I want to do this thing or avoid this thing to soothe that nagging thought mm-hmm. and get it out of my head. Mm-hmm. So when we think of anxiety, anxiety is usually what keeps us up at night and has a difficult time sleeping. We have a difficult time breathing. We have a difficult time sometimes having a, a conversation and staying in the room, Woo. being present Woo. Yeah. during the conversation, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Because we, we're hijacked. Yeah. We're hijacked by these worries. It's a great way of saying that it. That language hijacked. was so helpful for me like a year and a half ago. Because mm. mm. I have panic disorder and Mm -hmm. so that was just something that was so helpful of reminding myself that like my brain's being hijacked Mm -hmm. like it's not fully me (laughs) all these things happening yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. exactly yeah that was a very well described yeah (laughs) and 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 most people have this experience of i know this isn't rational i know this is over the top Part of me knows this, mm-hmm. and there's this whole other part that f- when people say they struggle with anxiety, they're talking about this whole other part that is the hijacking part, right? Right. Mm. When people don't struggle as much and they just, because anxiety is a normal part of life, everybody has it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. We need it. Yeah. yeah. We, mm-hmm. we, it's a super important but it's 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 not pleasant. Mm, no. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we were all saying there was well, I think Deb and I were saying maybe you were actually pretty chill tonight. I had a little anxiety going into the podcast mm-hmm. just hosting a guest. Yeah. And then you had a little anxiety and it's good just oh, to acknowledge yeah. it. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting more anxious the more Deb describes anxiety and it's so spot on. It gets you in touch with that. Oh yeah, we yeah. can access that oh, feeling. Oh yeah, that feeling. Oh. <laughs> really good. That's a different kind of thing because the like I was thinking about coming here today and I start to get nervous and mm. yeah. you know, and I start to have these thoughts like Oh, are they gonna like me? <laughs> right? That's already and, solidified. Oh, <laughs> everybody likes you. <laughs> and you know, I've got this other part of my brain that says, oh, "We have so many fun conversations mm. out to coffee. Mm-hmm. What am I worried about?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you guys are so much fun and chill, <laughs> and it's a conversation. It's a conversation yeah. in your head. Right? Yeah, right? yeah, and it's gonna be fun. Yeah, but there's a whole my, my body. Mm-hmm. Is like, oh, I've got, 
it's not like something I do every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's going to listen? And yeah. who's going to judge me? Yeah. And what are they going to think? And mm-hmm. and then there's a small part of me that will just and this is like this is this is like a wisdom part of of fear. Ooh. Hmm. Like like what if somebody gets hurt? Mm-hmm. Hmm. What if what if something that we say doesn't validate their experience? Hmm. What if that would be That's so a heavy terrible? You're giving yeah. us new things to be anxious about. Oh, <laughs> those are thoughts that those are kind of my thoughts about this podcast. Hmm. Mostly when I get anxious about the yeah. podcast, that's where my brain goes. Oh, like, what I if you've mentioned that? What before. if this like someone takes it in a negative way, or yeah. it's it's not helpful for them? Yeah, mm. <laughs> mm, that's that, a that's like a selfless way to think about it. I mostly think about how I'm going to come across. I don't <laughs> know. Not, <laughs> yeah, that would it's be just s- a fear. Yeah, it's a fear. Mm. But I think yeah. it seems that would you say there's it just in your own spirit there's a release in just acknowledging it. Like you go, Oh, I'm anxious. Yeah. Instead of being, I'm not anxious. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. You know? Right. Right. Do like saying it out loud. Yeah. It tends to help a lot. Yeah. I remember this moment I had in my graduation from Fuller Seminary. So there's, I think 480 people walking. It's, it's, it's a long ceremony and the psych department got up and there was like the president or the graduating president of the psych department or, or the guy that got the best grades. I don't know what he was. He was, he was a big important person in the psych department. So he got, he was given a chance to give like a speech and every, every department had somebody representing them giving a speech, you know? So he comes up and he spent the first like two minutes talking about his anxiety. Hmm. He said, when I was asked to do this, I felt nervous. I've been overthinking it. I have mm. worried. And he said, right now my palms are sweaty. Mm-hmm. I have my, my face is red. And mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm trying to stay focused. And it was just this really great thing of, wow, he's teaching us even now just to be mm-hmm. present and acknowledge mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not be afraid and mm-hmm. to name it. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. it was really singular, though. I mean, no, no, other, no other major person did that. Yeah. That day, you know. That's pretty That's cool. That's really interesting. And, and that probably, uh, I'm going to guess, really helped him. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's so much that if we can just say out loud mm-hmm. what is happening to us, where that's part of the process, mm-hmm. that naming, mm-hmm. naming it is part of moving through it. Yeah. Yeah. And when we name that with people who can be present with us, and so... For that example, he's really being present for himself because mm-hmm. that crowd, yeah. you know, other than maybe applause, right, yeah. <laughs> right, is just like, but, but obviously has a practice mm-hmm. for how to do that. And that's part of when anxiety hijacks you, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I'm jumping ahead, it's like, do you have a practice? Yeah for how do you soothe and calm. And one thing that you do is name it. Name it. Name yeah. It. Name it. Well, and I think naming it gives you a chance to start to see it outside. And then yes. you can ask it questions and it's no longer a part of you. It can become outside of you, I think. Yeah. What the anxiety is. Yeah. Absolutely. Or the emotion, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, is anxiety an emotion? Is fear an emotion? Oh, yeah. 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 So there's, I mean, like, what? Four basic primary emotions, yeah. mad, sad, glad, afraid. 
Mad, sad, glad, afraid. We should just memorize that. Yeah, and, and we could add disgust to that. Disgust. As well. Oh yeah, of like mad, sad, but 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 that but this feeling mm. of this emotional experience. Yeah. Um, mad, sad, glad, afraid. Mad, sad, glad, Everything afraid. that we've yeah. talked about with anxiety is it's constantly also physical. It seems like it's in your body. Mm. You know, you're talking about like mm-hmm. my hands are sweaty or like tightness mm-hmm. in your chest or all these things. It feels like it's, it's not just a mental thing. Like you feel anxiety in your body. Always. Really? Always? Always. <laughs> it's the first <laughs> the therapist <place>. says it. <laughs> Always. Always. You experience emotion and body sensations mm. first. Hmm. A, a thought may may create anxiety, Hmm. um, but the thought is not the anxiety. Hmm. Those emotions come from an experience in your body. Hmm. And so Hmm. basically that's what's happening in the brain. We have the part of our brain called the amygdala. The amygdala is like basically right behind your eyes. Hmm. So any sensation that we're taking in, Hmm. any and uh, sensory... So sight, sound, smell, um, ASMR, <laughs> taste, mm-hmm. um, and so all of those will create some kind of memory. Hmm. And the amygdala checks with, like, I think it's the hippocampus part of our brain that hmm. holds and stores memory. Hmm. And so the amygdala, basically, this is all like you know, super. Yeah, instantaneous. Super, super instantaneous. Yeah. It was like, is like, is that a bear? Is hmm. it is it nine one one? Should I call nine one one? Is this an emergency? Hmm. Right? Or is it joyful? Is it what is it? And then the amygdala checks in with that memory history part of your brain, hmm. and then it says, says, oh, nine one one, nine one one, nine one one, and and sends neurochemicals through your body, and you will feel your body adjusting mm-hmm. to those neurochemicals, and that is what you have the sensation. So, so you have sweaty palms, you have your heart increases, you have a narrowing of your um, vision, vision and, and hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all focused on keeping yourself alive. Mm-hmm. Some people call this the lizard part of our brain. Mm-hmm. It's the oldest. Is this, this is instinct. Mm-hmm. How do I stay safe? Um, there's like a blood flow changes. It starts to flow out of your prefrontal cortex mm. to other parts of your brain. Blood flow to your hands and feet. Jeez. You start to sweat. Yeah. Your your um. You start to breathe shallowly. You get like numb I'm trying fingers. to keep breath right now. <laughs> I, 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 get, I did I did the prayer at church a few weeks ago, like in in what you call big church. And and I'm and when I speak, I hardly ever hold notes. But I had a prayer that I'd written that I was holding. Mm. So I'm up there with the microphone in one hand and I'm mm-hmm. holding this prayer and I'm noticing my hand is like shaking. Mm. And I was thinking, this probably happens all the time with me because I'm usually pretty anxious when I'm speaking. Mm. But I was so... It, it, but it, you're quad- not holding something. Yeah, it quadrupled the anxiety because now I'm like, people can see my hand shaking. Mm. And I was like, I can't stop mm-hmm. this handshake. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I... And you're I wanted like, to read danger, the prayer. It was, danger. Oh, this is so hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you feel it in your body, mm-hmm. and then there's this delay. Okay, so like like Texas Hold'em poker players, mm-hmm. right? This is like they're looking for that reactive emotion before your your wow. thoughts kick in. Wow. Hmm. 
to the instant, say, the instantaneous moment. I am anxious. Hmm. Like, oh, no. Right, <laughs> and they can pick up on it. Right, and and so they're looking for that, like mm-hmm. live, you know, people who are really good at reading people. They're looking for that delay because you have that. Hmm. You'll have a reaction. Mm-hmm. It might be pretty fast mm-hmm. before you catch it. Mm-hmm. And if you're really good at managing and um, emotion regulation, um, and like being up in church, right? You know, it's just like, okay, well, I do this all the time. I'm not going to show it on my face. Hmm. Well, if someone was really watching you and slowed down a video of you, they'd probably see that. Oh no! <laughs> is well, and if anybody catches me afterwards, I'm usually drenched in sweat. My face is all red. I, I don't know why. It's uh, after all these years. The reason why is that it's keeping you alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. Mm-hmm. Because that's what the whole. Like that's what the brain mm-hmm. is focused on doing. I also feel but, it's a bit of an adrenaline thing. Well, that's part yeah. of the neurochemicals. Yeah. Yeah. So cortisol yeah. and adrenaline. Oh. Panic is partially like an adrenaline thing, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean Oof. it feels like sometimes like after panic, like you ran a ton or something. Like there's exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or even after yeah. doing something like that, you can feel it's like all of those emotion chemicals. Yeah, it's like all, all crazy, and then they're like, ah. Now, when you're flooded, like in a panic attack, when you're flooded, it can take like 20 minutes for your body to calm down. And that's if you're not feeding it. Mm, oh, that's the challenge right there. <laughs> if you're not ruminating and stuck in this gerbil wheel of thoughts. What type on the Enneagram would feed their sadness or fear? <laughs> what, what <do> you think? <laughs> Maybe a four or a six. <laughs> well, feed a it. four would feel their way through it. It could be positive or negative. Mm, true. Hmm. Um, a six is going to right be like scanning everything, always looking for when things are going to fall apart. Do I have that right? You do. Right? Sixes are really anxious, right? So sixes tend to be. I, well, I, I I'm not an expert here, um, but but Nobody, definitely they, they think of worst case scenarios. I mean, we could probably talk through each one and say, well. How does anxiety show, show up, up in, in there. this yeah. person? Oh man, that's another so good idea. We have so many ideas. Oh yeah. <laughs> so 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 we should we... we should go back to the process. So there's this amygdala, right? Mm-hmm. This amygdala it sets off these neurochemicals. You feel in your body. You oh, will yeah. feel butterflies mm-hmm. in your stomach. You'll feel a weight in your chest. You'll feel yourself sweating. You'll feel all these things, and then you go, I'm afraid I'm, I'm gonna anxious. die I'm gonna die Oof. or someone's gonna die yeah <laughs> I picture my daughter all the time getting in an elevator it's so scary for her you know okay so it's like that type of moment yeah mm. I'm gonna it was just like I'm it was like probably not afraid of the elevator but yeah. what's gonna happen yeah. when mm. you're in that elevator and she always puts her it's face in my agoraphobia chest and mm-hmm. holds on maybe yeah I don't know but there's a lot of obviously anxiety and I think there's something in her brain saying I know I'm not going to die, but I know I'm scared. Hmm. (laughs) That's the worst when you know it's irrational and Mm -hmm. yet you can't help the feeling. Mm -hmm. So um, feelings are things you can't help at first. Mm -hmm. 
that you will feel them in your body first. Then you have thoughts. Hmm. Then that's where we can start to have some kind of of um, influence on what we're feeling. Hmm. If you could tell your brain when you finally notice it, like I was able to tell my brain, I know these guys. I know what they're going to ask, really. I know we're just going to have we a made them so conversation. Anxious. <laughs> <laughs> You're so caring. <laughs> um, I know it's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so if I can say that, that first thought helps, mm-hmm. right? But then if I can start to breathe... <laughs> oh, Macy. This is the biggest thing. <laughs> Can we just say Macy has a hard hard time breathing sometimes? Yeah. Or has a complicated relationship. I have with a very breathing. complicated relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You have to breathe. One of the things that that, <laughs> that, that those thoughts, that breathing, or some kind of distraction, mm-hmm. I mean, there's other techniques, mm-hmm. but you're basically triggering the parasympathetic nervous system. Whoa. Big words. And yeah, thus, yeah. and this is the Pure part that calms, sends the neurochemicals to calm down your brain. And those take a while to, because you still have adrenaline and cortisol, you know, and other that I didn't look up. Like a <laughs> cocktail like of chemicals. Co- yeah. <laughs> Norepinephrine. Norepinephrine. Yeah, All right. Yeah, Matthew, yeah, the producer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, it takes a while to calm that down. Yeah. But we can get caught because like what the fear of dying, for example, that's a big one, right? So already you could be sitting at this table and the likelihood of you dying is very slim. <laughs> but we all are going to die. But, we are all but, die. but there's some truth to it, mm-hmm. right? And existential crisis and the feeling of the shame or the dread Mm -hmm. or whatever is existential dread. That's what I want to say. Yeah. Dread. Right. right. Mm. That horrible feeling. It's coming. Right. So that's like a, like, you know, uh, I, I often talk about bears, right? It's just like, because our body responds as if it's trying to protect itself. Hmm. from a bear hmm. or, or a wolf, hmm. right? Or a lion. And you have to think, well, that's not a bear. Hmm. You have that's to, the first step. You have to start to think, like, that's my fear, but I got to talk back in some way to let myself know that I'm actually safe. Hmm. And when I'm safe, I don't need all that. So that's what triggers that part of your brain that says, okay, everything's fine. Send out the soothe, calming <laughs> Hello, chemicals. I'm up here. <laughs> send, send the chemicals, please. <laughs> you know, pour, sound of pouring. <laughs> that sounds great. I wish it were that easy. <laughs> but well, maybe it's a practice is like what you're saying. I think it is. Yeah. I think it is a practice. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that my thoughts are not dangerous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, my thoughts are not the event. Mm-hmm. Um, my thoughts, because sometimes in a very severe um, 
anxiety disorders, because there's a whole category of them, where thoughts feel like reality. Yeah, I mean, they said they've linked. Uh, I mean, you obviously everybody knows that Macy and I like talking about the Enneagram. <laughs> See, there's there seems to be some sort of diagnosable condition associated typically with each number. Mm-hmm. And depression is associated with four, mm-hmm. and schizophrenia is associated with five. Hmm. Um, and they said in some of the healing thoughts, it's this is exactly what you're saying. It's here comes a thought. You know, uh, mm-hmm. they said to think of yourself as a mountain. And your emotions are the weather patterns. Mm-hmm. You're not the emotions. And you feel and experience the emotions, but you can watch them go by, as the Steven Universe song would say. Mm-hmm. Then I was reading about the five, and they said, we're more associated with our thoughts. And those can also be weather patterns, because hmm. I have an alarming thought, mm-hmm. or especially like a dark thought. And I go, oh, and I instantly associate it with it, and I think it's reality, and I get nervous and anxious. It's interesting to try to associate, like pull apart emotions and thoughts. Yeah, that's you know? interesting because I feel like so thoughts can trigger I think the emotions. They're both. I think it's happening they're in my opinion. They're related for sure. Yeah, like uh, emotions, emotions experience... can trigger the thoughts. Thoughts can trigger mm-hmm. the emotion. Yeah, and I think... I feel like with you it starts with an emotion. For me it starts with a thought. Maybe. I don't know. Huh. I just know that when I'm feeling extra anxious it feels like while I'm also physically feeling anxious all the things we talked about it's like there's a crowding of the thoughts mm. and they're all, they all mm-hmm. seem to be a little irrational and it's hard to find my own mm-hmm. voice within that. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Some people call that the wise mind, like mm. this, this part of this core me, hmm. right? Hmm. Like, this is what's true. And oh, like that wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, seems like but I've been hijacked yeah. by all of these other mm-hmm. hijacked. Others. It almost seems like that's where our, our humanity starts to arise. Like when we are able to do something with those thoughts and emotions, mm. not, not, to, not to stifle them or shove them down, but to acknowledge them. And then almost, it's almost like an art. Like, mm-hmm. what am I going to do with this? Because mm-hmm. obviously sometimes maybe it needs to get expressed. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think of emotions as um, the lights on the um, dash of your car. Ooh. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, or any of any of the different gauges. Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, let's take a simple one like your gas gauge and the light comes on and says you need gas. Mm-hmm. And that could immediately trigger a panic reaction if if that's a struggle for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe not. Right. You might know I could go a whole week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could go two weeks and I don't need gas. Or you could be in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and that's panic, mm-hmm. right? Or it was like, I better get gas right now mm-hmm. because I'm not going to be able to for this many miles, mm-hmm. right? And so that's where we use, um, it's like emotions are important information mm-hmm. that we take in with our thoughts and this is where the rational part comes mm-hmm. and the evaluative part, the strategy, mm-hmm. the prefrontal cortex, prefrontal cortex, which goes offline by the way, in the mm-hmm. middle of things. Come on. It does. Cortex. Oh yeah. It turns so off. Mad at you know, we, one of our, Daniel's gave a whole talk about this anxiety fight or flight. It was really interesting. 
was, I wish we would recorded it because it yeah. was good. I don't even remember. He used a bunch of technical terms. Yeah, it was. It was basically solidifying everything. One of the one saying. of the words just, we one of the phrases we used in our um, Age and Wisdom podcast was default mode network. Hmm. I don't know what that means, but it just oh. kept saying we were trying to get back in touch with that. That hmm. like having periods of silence. I don't know if that's maybe oh. a different way of saying prefrontal cortex. Who knows? Oh, I don't know. Who knows? What is the prefrontal cortex's job again? It's like the this one that the strategy. strategy. This is yeah. the evaluative strategy, okay. problem right solving yeah. part of your brain. I'm gonna this need is to the look learning, planning. <laughs> Yeah. And I think for, for my kids like to remind me, I got married when I was 22, and for men, prefrontal well, cortex isn't fully developed until you're like 26 or something well, like that. females too. Yeah, females are yeah. developed, but yeah. they're like, no, no, no. you got married. Oh, oh when, when is it for females? It, it, we're still developing through oh. 25, 26. Okay, so maybe I, th- I think for men Everybody. it's even later. Though, well, so. teenage boys, well, in general, females develop earlier okay. in their prefrontal cortex all along the way. Right. Men catch up. Oh, okay. Oh, they um, so everybody kind of reaches their... This is a part full. that develops faster, but, you know, our brains, we just know that our brains are still developing, period. Mm-hmm. Another thing I heard recently was that women reach mat- emotional maturity around 32 and men around 43. So I have not reached emotional maturity. What is that? emotional maturity? Where did don't you hear know. That? I, I think my kids that. said it to me. <laughs> so it's Your kids. my kids. It's straight from I my love kids. That. Yeah. I love that. You're not mature, dad. I'm not mature. So not your kid, mature. too, by the way. Yeah. You're still learning. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it nice uh, to have them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They you. keep you real. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there seems to be such power in naming these things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, you know, a lot of times, um, so I work a lot as a marriage and family therapist. One of the lenses that we're constantly looking at is whether we're working with individuals or couples or families, we are constantly looking at people in relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a lens that is a primary way mm-hmm. of of thinking about how we are because emotions happen within ourselves, but they often happen between people. Hmm. You do this and then I think this and I feel this and then I do this and that triggers this for you. And, and, and this Mm -hmm. cycle that, that, that happens, happens between us. Right. So one of the things that I'll, I will do with people is when you teach them this information Mm -hmm. and you teach them that their brain is being hijacked and that they are in this 911 situation and that they actually, when they, when, when you say you lose your mind, that's what they're talking about is this loss of the prefrontal cortex, Mm. this Hmm. loss. Oh, that's so interesting. You kind of do on some level. You lose your mind. Uh, 
Mm. Or I gotta get in my right mind. Mm. Right? Right? I've I've I've, You literally do. You you do. Mm. And so if you can know, especially if you're in the middle of a fight, because with 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 someone that you care about, Mm -hmm. with the love (laughs) of your life, with your best friend, with uh, with a person that you are afraid of losing. Mm or uh, afraid of what's happening in that moment about the hurt and the pain that's happening. If you can know, like, like we're, this is, this is um, heating up, hmm. right? This is escalating. We are not okay here. Hmm. We, we, we are now in a place of, of really trauma because it's like, hmm. this is 911. This is, I'm being attacked by a bear. This is like, that's what our brain is doing, right? Hmm. This is like, okay, so I might actually have to take some kind of break and wait to get to this place of what do I, like, I want to incorporate what I'm feeling and I also want to incorporate what I'm thinking. Hmm. Um, But I'm not thinking right now. So I might try and hurt you to t- stay safe. I might try and you know, like oh, do so different up. strategies yeah. just to save face mm. or protect myself, my heart, because it's on the line. Yeah. And so, it feels like it's so on the line. Yeah. In that moment, yeah. So I'll teach people this. And because typically if there's two, somebody might want to take a break and the other one doesn't. Hmm. Um, in fact, that's probably the safest way to have a good fight is somebody wants to take a break and somebody doesn't. Because <laughs> if you both don't want to take a break, it's really hard to take a break. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, if you, and if neither one of you want to go to conflict, then, well, th- that's really hard too. Because that's then you're, else. you're both withdrawing from conflict and may not have important conversations. Mm-hmm. But if you can find a way to take a break... And catch, okay, now I need to assess what's happening yeah. mm-hmm. for me here. What is going on? What's, what, what, why is this, why, what happened that this got so big so mm-hmm. fast? Mm-hmm. So I'll teach people, okay, 20 to 30 minutes. Find a way to take a break. Mm-hmm. Find a way to calm your body down. And so that you can incorporate some of that right mind part, yeah. like that wise mind part. And you want to you want to bring it in with the emotion because the emotion is saying, "No, stop." <laughs> Our emotions. Our emotions Gosh. are crazy. <laughs> you got to be kidding. Yeah. That's not okay. That's mm. never okay. And you bring that in with, oh, I know that you love me, and hmm. maybe you blew it right there. Scott Mays, you're safe to right. host podcasts with. Scott Mays, you're safe. They are super loving, <laughs> caring people. They're going to judge me. No. They, they won't hate me. <laughs> they, they won't say really mean things about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, know what's, you know what's so sad just about, like, you know how we're not trained some people maybe are i mean my kids are going to be more trained than i was i'm yeah, sure your yeah. kids are like emotional intelligence yeah emotional intelligence yeah. and uh in my my wife and i went to marriage counseling for 2 years and i think that was the biggest takeaway for me was mm. 
Mar- uh, Marissa was essentially begging for a break for mm. 10 years. And mm. I was thinking, I'm staying in this because I care. Like, mm. I care about our marriage. Mm-hmm. Look how I'm willing to talk for two hours. Right. And she's like, can we be done? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I'm willing to stay up till 2 a.m. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I feel so bad looking back. So, so that's where you talk about how your thoughts have meaning associated mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. If you leave, that means that you don't care. Ugh. Gosh. Right? So, Such so, big stories. Right. So you had to unpack what that meant to you in the relationship. Yeah. yeah. Whereas for her, it could be like, I just need a break from this intensity because I can't think. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like I'm it's so late and we have kids. <laughs> Another aha moment was I have a friend that's a therapist. He would say he would be with his in-laws and they would be talking around a dinner table and he'd fall asleep. Mm. And it was because mm. there's a lot of complicated mm. things about his relationship with his in-laws. So he'd feel overwhelmed. Mm. So his defense mechanism was falling asleep. Mm-hmm. So it's, it was always so strange. His wife would be like looking over and now he'd be snoring in the middle of a, five o'clock dinner, you know? <laughs> and I was like, Oh my gosh. Cause I've never seen my friend do this. I, mm-hmm. this is a really unique experience. Mm-hmm. And Marissa in the middle of a fight, uh, or fight or discussion Let's at night, she'd mm-hmm. go to bed. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, I'm going to bed. And she'd conk right out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <gasps> How she doesn't care. Mm-hmm. You know, like she's falling asleep. Yeah. I'm like, if I'm a hundred percent activated and ready, mm-hmm. my way of her way of adrenaline is pumping. Yeah, her way we're is gonna, like I am shutting get down. Get this figured out yeah. right here because yeah. it's because so like in relationship, what's really important to know is that while we have different strategies of staying safe, like whether you keep pursuing mm-hmm. or whether you want to take a break and withdraw mm-hmm. from that intensity, could both be. Um, strategies to do the exact same thing. Right. So like for you, it's fight. And Marissa, it might be flight. Well, I got to stay safe. I got to stay safe. I don't know what I'm going to say. This is getting out of hand. Mm -hmm. I want to try and turn down the volume on this and get a hold of it. So that's one strategy. The other is, oh, no, 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 no. There's a problem right now. Let's clean, like spilled milk. Let's clean it up mm-hmm. now so that mm-hmm. we can stay safe, so we can stay connected, mm. so that we can be close, so that we can heal this, right? So like, that's the style of person that I want calling 911 if I have a heart attack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. I do not want them calming down, right? <laughs> right. Oh, they have a broken and leg. They're bleeding about out. It. Let's just calm down. Right. Yeah. So it's not a bad strategy, but it can be not, it, it can go work against you mm-hmm. in that situation mm-hmm. if it's in that escalated, mm. um, out of control, this is no longer productive. Yeah. Um, unhelpful Ugh. place. And that can happen all by yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it can happen between people. Mm-hmm. The same kind of thing happens. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're with someone else, you can blame the other person. <laughs> 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 or that's like... like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not necessarily... Well, like when you're with yourself, you know, that's a different kind yeah, of existential... Yeah, I'm just sitting here and I'm getting anxious. Yeah. Not, not right now, but right. you tell yourself that. Right. I think right. also it's highlighting it's this. lonely and isolating. Ooh. And part of the fear that sets is this trapped feeling. Um, and both are terrible. Yeah. Right? Both are terrible. <laughs> Do you relate? <laughs> uh, it's with this weird Christian. I, I see you. 
you're not saying anything, Macy, but you're smiling and... I think that what you're saying is true for probably a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. I think everyone experiences these yeah. kinds of things yeah. in different ways, in small yeah. and big ways. Absolutely. I don't think anyone's exempt from anxiety. No. <laughs> I think there's this... Except They're a little bit more comfortable. I, I think there's this... It just highlights this weird Christian sort of tagline, which I don't know, maybe people, maybe, maybe people are aware of this, but there's this verse that says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Ah. Mm-hmm. So I know that was another thing, like in the early days, oh. I'm like, oh, we can't let the sun go down on our anger. We have to fight this out. I remember I heard some <laughs> professors of mine, this was Carrie Dearborn. She said she and Tim, her husband realized this is pretty genius. Actually, they were fighting and it's nighttime. And somebody, one of them said, the sun has already gone down on our anger. We can go to bed. <laughs> like, we're still angry and the sun has gone down. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> let's well, figure this amazing. out in the morning. Sometimes some of those messages, you know, the importance of the message, like the core and the heart of the message mm-hmm. is really different than the literal. Yeah. Yeah. Definition of where the sun is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> you can still the sun has not set yet. It's right there. <laughs> you can all by yourself decide not to stew in your anger. Mm-hmm. You can all by yourself without anyone's help decide to to extend love and generosity and kindness. To another person, you can great. all by yourself. All by yourself. <laughs> Snaps for them. Calm yourself down. Mm. Well, you can say true. that is this is not a nine one one situation. Yeah, but the problem is that can be so hard is if we're afraid that it is. Hmm. So you have to do, then that's like leads, maybe that we go to strategies and techniques, right? Yeah. Because like... Strategies and techniques. For, like, yeah, that was a question. Like self-talk, yeah. but part of the self-talk could be, if we could be in our right mind, maybe we'll be, get, we'll be better at this. Hmm. M- maybe if we could calm down and breathe, we could connect again. Hmm. Like, uh. but the, the desire and f- the, the, the longing and desire is, is to, is to save the relationship. The fear is you're going to leave me, hmm. right? You're going to reject me. Like you're, and, and, and so all we want to do is create safety. So some of that safety, sometimes we have to do in other ways. Hmm. Right. There's something it seems that we're not necessarily addicted, but we we sort of embrace the lie, the chemicals and stuff are telling us of you need this, you need this energy right now, you need the stress, you need the tensity, hmm. and it seems like what you're saying is, it's thank you for the alerts, <laughs> you know, you're telling me my gas is low, yeah, and here's what I'm now uh, with my conscious mind going to do with that information, yeah, <laughs> you know. But, but you're still like why we say your conscious mind. Your body is like, <gasps> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is like so. You know, sometimes if we start talking about about strategies, 
sometimes strategies for people is like go for a run. Mm-hmm. That's like what I do. Like, like do what your body wants to do. Mm-hmm. Like fight, flight, free, freeze. In a healthy way, do what your body wants to do. Right. In a productive Work way. Work out that adrenaline and cortisol mm. that is part of what's hijacking your system. Mm. But this thing of like do something with the emotion or even thinking of it as hijacking, like it seems like it's such a waste of, like a total waste of time in all ways. Uh. I can't think of a caveat to feel shameful about these emotions. Mm. Just to have the emotion and then be like, I can't believe I'm feeling anxious. I'm so stupid. Okay. You know, it's like, okay. I think, okay. <laughs> so take a look at that. Take a look at that. Yeah. It is a total waste of time. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to not do that. Right, 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 right. So you feel that in the moment. Okay. So if you're in your right mind, what would be a response to it's a total waste of time? If you're in your right mind. If you're, if you're like could calm down mm-hmm. and you go... Like, you know, you, you've just learned that you could be hijacked and not in your right mind. Mm-hmm. So what would be a response to, a, a, a way to talk back to, it's a total waste of time? Fighting oh. for two and a half hours. Yeah. And it could make things worse. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, so am I being clear? Like, I'm, sa- I'm, I'm saying like... The waste of time or the waste, okay, ma- waste of time, the waste of energy, maybe you'd say. Yeah. To say, I'm feeling anxious. Um, and then it, it seems like the next step is acknowledgement. I'm feeling anxious. And then what do I do with that? But there's, there's like this other step, which is a shame peace, which seems, seems would drag you down even further. Like you're already going to be potentially overwhelmed by this anxiety. Well, well, there's a shaming piece in the total waste of time in yeah. that kind of comment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. right? Like uh, we uh, should figure this out. This no, I is, think the shame is the waste uh, of time. Like the anxiety uh, isn't and uh-huh, dealing with right. the anxiety, but right. feeling I'm bad wasting. about it. Yeah. Like the shame adds to the anxiety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can we yeah. Is that what you're trying that? to say? Uh, it, 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 it it adds to your depletion of resources almost. Hmm. Yeah. Like it's to, harder to, to like address the anxiety if naming it also brings a ton of shame. Yeah. I'm almost thinking in that moment, like what we're saying when I'm, my hands are shaking, I'm like, oh, my hands are shaking. If I can just be like, yeah, your hands are shaking. You're nervous. You know, that's the voice. But if I'm shaking and I'm also like, well, and you're that, an idiot. You're, yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. always yeah. is there. Yeah. <laughs> you're an idiot. Yeah. You're so stupid. What's wrong with you? Yeah. You should have figured this out by now. They can see me shaking, you know, like, yeah. Um, you're an you're adult man. Come on, pull it together. <laughs> I can never get it right. Adult it was man. just like, there's a lot of different ways where shame can be triggered. Mm-hmm. And and we were talking about within conflict, but it can happen all on your own. Yeah. I can't mm-hmm. believe this is happening again. What is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. I am broken. I will never be not anxious again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to die. That 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 part's not shame. That, that part is. Yeah. But what is wrong with me? There's something. I, I, there's something wrong. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
say in the morning on Saturday that I'll just hear it from around the house. I'll be upstairs. I just hear this, this mantra start to well up around the house. There's no food. There's no food in the house. And, and there's just like, they're starting to riot. And it's like, uh, so one of them will finally find me. There's no food. There's no food in the house. And I'm always wanting to say there, that that's a great example to me of, of the story we're telling ourselves in the mind. That's ramping up the anxiety. There is food in the house. Yeah. Say that to yourself. Say something along the lines of, there's not the food that I'd like to eat currently mm-hmm. in the house. <laughs> I'd like a bowl of cereal and there's only mm-hmm. eggs, mm-hmm. but there is food, mm-hmm. you know, but to just be like, there's no food in the house. It's so <laughs> extreme. Every time I'm like, let's take a look, you know, here's this, here's this, here's, there is literally food in the house. How does that work for you? <laughs> <laughs> Never amazingly, but, it, but usually, usually it's a bit of a joke. You know, usually oh, they they kind of laugh about it and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. There is you're food right. in the house, you know? <laughs> There's no food that I want to eat. Yeah. We love to jump to extremes. But we're all doing that internally, it seems like. Mm -hmm. We're saying, my life is over. This relationship is ruined. And that's some of a characteristic of anxiety Mm -hmm. is is future tripping, Mm -hmm. is... Is Future magnification tripping. is oh. it's like a, almost a rush, an adrenaline rush of future tripping. I would say yeah. almost of just like all that could go wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> catastrophic. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! What's going to happen? And we don't necessarily choose this line of thinking hmm. that we have. Oh my goodness! Just pick up the newspapers and you'll find this line of thinking Hmm. watch any bit of news in 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 any way and you will Mm -hmm. find this line of thinking Hmm. um oftentimes parents will use this line of thinking Hmm. to try to get kids attention do you know that you're gonna die if that you know like there's a car there it's gonna Hmm. run you over you're gonna die um, it was like there's all kinds of ways where we have learned this, yeah. where we have, yeah. we have, we have, we've earned it naturally. We mm-hmm. haven't necessarily chosen mm-hmm. this line of thinking, mm-hmm. but whatever we take in is what's going to come out. Whatever we soak in, all that is good and all that is bad. If we are marinating in it, twenty-four hour news cycle, it's gonna show up. The movies that we watch, the books that we read, that like it's like, what are we we steeping ourselves in? It's 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 gonna happen. So we're living in a really anxious world, Mm -hmm. and more than any other time, um, we can. Pick up our phones and get a news feed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at, at, we can be at any, at any moment. <laughs> we can go and check on Instagram and find out 
what this one person is doing and how that would impact us. And that may or may not make us break, that we're going to have a feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm. This is like, we have all kinds of data that's constantly coming in. Um, we don't have days off. Many people do not take days off, although occasionally people will like fast from, they'll, they'll black out, right? And they'll, yeah. they'll learn. I want to see what it's like if I turn off, so, turn off my phones, turn off social media. What does that feel like? Hmm. And, There's a bit um, of panic probably that sets in. Well, for some people, because mm-hmm. it's like fear of what we're FOMO, right? Mm-hmm. Fear of missing mm-hmm. out, right? Fear of... Don't have it. I don't have because, it. <laughs> I, I say I have fear of being included. Right. <laughs> but we're also, um, you know, when I didn't call home, when I wasn't home right away, I didn't have a cell phone when I was a kid. My parents, like, they were worried, but they also, like, would have to tell themselves, oh, well, you know, there could be a good thing that they're not calling. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And yeah. texting. But we do have a lot of microwave instant gratification. So we have not really habituated to waiting for mm. information, mm. waiting. And so mm. that's more of a crisis. But there's all kinds of, those are a couple of the reasons why we can be more anxious. Yeah. I've heard it said that one sign of maturity is your ability to cope with delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's truth. We it's been to, said. We have to work with on that. It's been said. <laughs> that's, that's a discipline. Yeah. Oh, totally. That's a discipline. And mm-hmm. we have to be intentional yeah. about creating that. Whereas when all the grocery stores, do, you know, this is a simple example. When, you know, you know, maybe for about 10 minutes when I was a kid, you could not go to the grocery store on Sundays. Hmm. So you better do your shopping on Saturday. And oh, you're going to do without. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Wait, because the right. grocery stores were closed? or well, There was a period of time. Huh. I, I remember it, at least wow. in some communities. Yeah, sure. Like, absolutely. Uh, I, I just haven't thought about that. It must yeah. be kind of old. Uh, oh, no, I think that makes sense. Yeah. I think that's... But in some communities. In some level, I think exists, it's cool. Yeah. So it's great and wonderful that... Everything is open, mm-hmm. um, and we don't have that delay. We right. don't have to wait for things. Mm. We don't have to think of other strategies yeah. for how to wait. Um, if we really needed chocolate ice cream right now, there is a Seven Eleven like super close. There's right? a twenty four hour Safeway like it's, three blocks that way. There you go. <laughs> Get all the chocolate uh, ice cream you want. We're so entitled. <laughs> So, I but, gotta have my chocolate. But ice that cream creates in ourselves. Right I mean, we have a, waiting is part of a discipline that we have yeah. to learn. Mm. And so I think <sighs> that's part of modern times is that we also don't have that. Um, but part of what creates anxiety too is that people don't necessarily rest. Hmm. White space. White space. Uh, radical downtime. So here is one of the questions from Sydney. And uh, listen to any listeners. Uh, we're going to try to engage with you more on Instagram and I hope you know we take it seriously. Like if you, you... say something, we're going to we're gonna go for it. <laughs> we're going to listen. Uh, wait, hold on. I almost feel like she took down her question. Oh no, Sydney. Yeah. Would she have taken it down? No. I, we also have a direct message question that I could ask while Scott's looking that up. 
Maybe I can't see it. Uh, a question is, what are some good ways slash methods to calm or re- reduce anxiety? And we kind of addressed some of that, but if there's any specific... Okay, so maybe maybe we could just talk a little bit and just kind of share like lots of different strategies. Because mm-hmm. one of the things that I do when I'm working with clients is find out what is calming and soothing and helpful. Mm-hmm. So for some people that could be a run, mm-hmm. for some people that's journaling. Um, that's my wife. If some people it's yoga. Yoga, meditation, and sometimes it's like we need multiple strategies Mm -hmm. to fit that situation because when your body wants to run, you may not be able to sit and do yoga. Um, When your mind is racing, um, it can be really hard to sit down and journal, Mm -hmm. but if your mind is racing in on a gerbil wheel... It can be a great way to get that gerbil wheel to stop yeah. because yeah, you're true. taking those thoughts and like stopping them. You're like, ah, there's this thought and <laughs> now there's this thought. Ah. The now- gerbil wheel language is so it's helpful and accurate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think running for me just gets it all out. Like I just feel like I've exhausted myself mm. in the best way. Like it's gotten all the thoughts, the, the energy... So an important strategy is also to, there's like kind of like some basic body care Mm. that's really important with um, anxiety and and depression. Mm. All right, let's hear it. What's the basic body care? Let's hear it. (laughs) Are you sleeping? Mm. Now this is a trap because this sometimes is a trap. anxiety gets you awake. It is and a trap. And sometimes you have fear about sleeping. But it's just like if you're sleeping Checklist. five hours a night, mm-hmm. you're going to be anxious or whatever. That If you're not sleeping the number that you need to sleep, mm-hmm. and, and do you guys know what that is? Eight? Seven to nine oh, is gosh. what research says. I've been shooting for nine because they say sleep you cycles go in three. Nine? So like to finish your sleep cycle... It's gonna be I shoot for nine. It's gonna be what your number is. Yeah. I need a lot of sleep. It's I have a very irregular sleep pattern. <laughs> so I shoot for like six probably. You Oof. are I should no, shoot no, for you. you are going to be more anxious. I know. <laughs> but I do think part of it is the anxiety that makes it harder to sleep. Absolutely. It feels very cyclical. It can be a trap. So it's like a goal that you Keep in mind. Work on and mm-hmm. try to breathe through that and find <laughs> strategies for sleeping. So oftentimes that's the first thing. Yeah. Like I'll have people who will come into my office and they'll go, I have not been myself and I have this explosive anger and mm. I'm just really anxious and and da 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 and 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 work is suddenly requiring them to work so hard and mm. put so much effort mm. into it. And they're like um, sacrificing sleep. Yeah. And and so the then last you thing hear you should be sacrificing. Five but. hours of sleep. It's just like, okay, so just want you to know that you're not crazy, you're sleep deprived. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that feels like crazy. Hmm. It feels like anxiety. Hmm. And that feeling in your body is the same feeling as if you're worried about something. It's just much easier to worry about something. Mm. Our body can't regulate our emotions. So we need sleep, we need good nutrition, and we need exercise. 
We need, that's like, think of it as a three-legged stool. Okay. Ooh, sleep, good nutrition, and exercise. This is just basic body care. Mm -hmm. This is so interesting, just pointing out, I work with preschoolers, and it's like so evident when it's like, this kid is having a freak out and it's like, well, you just need a, like a cheese stick, you know, or like yes. you just need a nap time to happen. Cheese stick. <laughs> cheese stick. Yes. Because they, they, they're such like, they're controlled on some level so much more by we their emotions. exactly the same. I know. We just, yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> we, you can see a really raw version of yourself We kids. just yeah. have mm-hmm. more skills for emotion regulation mm. than they do. Or suppression. But but we are them. That is so interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we don't know. So if you learn how to say to yourself, maybe I'm just hungry. (laughs) Hangry, right? It's it's been put in the Webster Dictionary. You just did it. (laughs) Yeah. Hangry is in the dictionary. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And anger might be an expression of like worry because Mm -hmm. we're like, this is going to happen. I'm so mad. Right. It was like, so uh, there's different kinds of expression that can also be a trap. Mm. Oh, interesting. Fear. It might come out in different ways with different people. Hmm. One, one funny thing I heard, it's not that funny, but uh, interesting. Uh, Dan Allender, he's the mm-hmm. founder of the Seattle School mm-hmm. of Theology yeah, and Psychology. Yeah, yeah. I listened to him talk about, I don't think it was a talk on anxiety, but it was how to cope with emotions mm-hmm. of some kind. Mm-hmm. He said, everybody has their own way. So it's essentially what we're talking about. And he suggests what he does. I've never heard anybody say this, but I, and I've never even done it, but I've always thought about it because I thought it was so interesting. He said he davens, which is like a Jewish tradition thing of prayer, (laughs) which is like rocking back and forth. Mm. So yeah, when he starts to get anxious, he rocks Mm -hmm. back and forth. And he Mm. says he he has a rocking chair for it. Mm-hmm. And he said he'll also go on a walk and talk out loud to himself. Mm-hmm. He wow. says sometimes people look at him like he's crazy, but he knows it's important. And he can hear what he's saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is really helpful. Yeah. Isn't that I think for some people, anxiety, like a way to talk down is mm-hmm. sometimes you need an outside voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Find a safe place. I mean, don't go in the middle of a grocery store or something mm-hmm. like that. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But davening, I, I, maybe I'm just saying that in case maybe that would work for somebody. Well, I want you to think pro- maybe what some um, moms did when you were a little kid maybe is rock yeah. you and yeah. soothe you. Because yeah. even the imagery feels of, soothing. I mean, me. I oftentimes will start rocking huh. when um, I see people in deep pain. Oh, yeah, go ahead. So, um, do we have the Sydney question? Yeah. Oh, I, why can't I find it? I don't know. Do you want to read it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's have Macy read it. Do you want to read it? No, no. Okay. We have well, a question. Well, who is it? Cause, cause she, yeah. Okay. Never mind. I'm interrupting. Uh, you're fine. We, uh, ask people. Oh wait, we have multiple questions. We have more than one. Okay. What? So yeah. Maybe we'll see that. Okay. What? So should I ask the first one from, mm-hmm. so this is from Tiffany who's, Instagram handle is T Mazaraz. T Mazaraz? I don't know. I'm so sorry. Why can't I see this? I'm, I'm um, can one event trigger anxiety for the rest of your life? Mm. I had a panic attack one late mm-hmm. night in the office five years ago and have mm-hmm. suffered from heart palpitations and health anxiety mm-hmm. ever since. Mm-hmm. You know, so I have a lot of people wow. come into my office that um, they had never had panic mm-hmm. before and then. Um, 
then, you know, something triggered it, a, a medical issue or amount of stress that they were under, like all of maybe just like that, um, where all confluence of issues mm-hmm. all happen at once. Mm-hmm. And then they will start having panic attacks. Mm-hmm. And, and so you can, your body can get stuck. Yeah. Your body can also heal. Mm-hmm. Your brain can heal. Mm-hmm. Um, a PTSD is a form of having um, a, a anxiety mm-hmm. that is stuck to some horrific event, mm. right? So when you see something that looks like it, that smells like it, that mm. feels mm. like it, it triggers those emotions. Yeah. Um, and so there needs to be healing in that area. It mm. is very possible mm-hmm. and it can be a process. But one of the ways that we can get stuck is being afraid of fear. Yeah. Get, like, mm-hmm. like afraid of panicking makes you panic. <gasps> Oof, what a terrible cycle. It's the, it's, it's a, like maybe the most panic inducing thing is the fear of the panic. I think. Wow. And I've had many people are like, what if I get a panic attack and <laughs> I die? Because it does feel like you're dying. It does. And it's a, just a horrible, horrible, mm. horrific mm feeling to experience. Um, I can also just say one thing on that. I was a part of a panic support group um, and there was like a, probably about 10 of us that would kind of intermittently come. And so people had different experiences with panic and a lot of people actually more than anything experienced like agoraphobia as a result of their panic Mm -hmm. because they were so afraid of their panic that they wouldn't leave Mm -hmm. or do certain things Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of them couldn't drive because Mm -hmm. they were really afraid of having a panic Panic attack attack while driving driving. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know just encouragement like being a part of that group Mm -hmm. I got to hear so many people's stories of them um, through exposure therapy and talking about it and addressing it able to like drive across huge bridges Mm -hmm. or like some people Mm -hmm. like go through tunnels underground where they used to like have these huge panic attacks Um, and so for me like being a part of that group made me feel a lot less alone. So for any listener out there and yeah, Tiffany, nice. like it, there, there is like a, there is light at the end of the tunnel. It's yeah. not like a, and it seems like support if you're looking for it. Yeah. And there know, is support if you're looking groups. for it. And there's like strategies and ways to mm-hmm. cope and mm-hmm. heal. Mm-hmm. And you named a couple of them, like mm-hmm. talking, connecting to others, yeah. sharing your story, the exposure, mm-hmm. exposure is the process of, th- to the level that you can, starting to face the thing that mm-hmm. is, um, th- that is that is frightening to you. Mm-hmm. That's creating that feeling. Mm-hmm. That's a painful thing mm-hmm. to know that the thing that you are afraid of, that somehow you're going to go do. Yeah, and, and you so, have to do it to not be afraid of it. But then as you do that over and over and over again, mm-hmm. just like this podcast that we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, it's like <laughs> the first time is super scary. The second time may not be as scary. The third time, the fourth yeah. time, the fifth time, mm-hmm. right? It's just like when we, it, habituation, yeah. when we start to get used to it, there might be an element of it that brings up like that kind of emotional mm-hmm. response. Yeah. But we have to go through mm-hmm. that emotion 
And it's probably really important to say all emotions pass. Yes. Turns out they yeah. all pass. But we have to go through it hmm. to start to change because the brain can continue to learn. That's where they call it plastic. Brain plasticity. Brain plasticity. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that question. That was a really good question. Should I read Sydney's? I have it now. Yeah, you should read Sydney's. Found it. <laughs> Sydney, our friend, she's part of a text group we call Squad. <laughs> uh, we're so cool and hip. Um, uh, so she says, I would be curious to hear about identifying anxiety signs in kids hmm. and how to act appropriately in the most helpful in a school setting or any other large group setting where you are taking care of more than just a few kids. So anxiety can show up in a lot of different ways. Um, I don't work as, as far as that's not my specialty working with kids, but everyone's trained in working with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it can show up as what people call stubbornness. It can show mm. up in um, really intense emotions. It can show up in anger outbursts. Yeah. It can show up in going backwards. Mm. So any kind of um, so like suddenly you were potty trained and now you're not potty trained. Mm. And, you know, like oh, that's interesting. all kinds of different, it, it can show up in different ways. And so a lot of times you're just trying to be in tune mm. and ask yourself questions about, could something else be going on here? Mm-hmm. You know, is the reason why we're having trouble getting out the door and we can't, choose what clothes to wear has something to do with a worry or anxiety that's happening Mm. at school. Um, A lot of kids who are also um, really super bright Mm. can get worries that can like, because they're picking up so Mm. much information and they can grasp onto all kinds of thoughts and worries that they need to process, hmm. um, but they may not necessarily, it's not, it's not what they lead with. Hmm. And so it takes spending time with them and, um, and, and wanting to find out and check in. Um, and they may not have all the language skills. Yeah. Um, so um, sometimes behavioral problems of all kinds of fights. It was like all any kind of behavioral problem um, could have a, a part of anxiety that's a part of it. Hmm. Yeah, and I guess this, I mean, I think Sydney's probably coming from a place of talking about young kids, and that's what you are dealing with now in your day-to-day. Mm-hmm. I do. But I'm like, I'm thinking of just as like... It? Yeah, oh <clears throat> yeah, I see it a lot. You mm-hmm. see them, I mean, it's only been two weeks that I've been working mm-hmm. with these kids, and you can see just like them freak out about something and then the teachers that I work with are like heroic humans (laughs) and they can just through really cool questioning help help the children to process actually what was bothering them Mm -hmm. and name that like oh like I was actually really upset because 
today's my last day of preschool. Yeah. And the reason that I'm freaking out is because this is emotionally really hard for me. Mm-hmm. And like getting to realize that, that like I'm anxious that I start kindergarten in two weeks. Kindergarten, and, like, a kindergartner can say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Well, they can name it in their own language, yeah. but yeah. Like, I what mean, if my teacher doesn't like me, mm-hmm. um, helping them. What to, if I don't make friends? But it's that at that what early if I age. Never see you again. Mm-hmm. Helping them not sense that they're going to be judged for having that emotion. Mm-hmm. At an early but allowing age. them to kind of explore it, allow it mm-hmm. to have a place in the room, mm-hmm. and then maybe let it go, let it pass. Almost say, "Okay, hi, bye." As a high school pastor, <laughs> this sounds so common sense in the in the context of this conversation. But for people, I guess that you're training to work with kids. It's it's the sense of there's some some sort of classic way that a volunteer youth leader will talk to a high school student <laughs> who's having a an emotional moment, which which is something along and parents probably do this too something along the lines of oh come on get over it or oh, you're overreacting come on people stop say that it. Yeah, oh all the time <laughs> <laughs> and parents too you know I don't think people really say that that Are often. You- uh, what? Oh. <laughs> are, you, are you being serious or sarcastic? I think I'm being serious. Are you saying people on the edge? Oh. Just like adults that oh. are saying that they... I don't know. Okay, so this brings up a whole other issue. I guess people can be allergic to other people's anxiety. And we want to do everything possible to solve it and fix it as quick as possible. That is true. Even in a shaming way. Like, that's ridiculous. Why would you ever think of something like that? Yeah. And so um, when you are around, it's like like that preschool is they're building emotional intelligence. They're doing emotion coaching. They're helping kids name. And it's so important and powerful. And um, and like if we get in a hurry, if we're stressed, we're often not at our best to listen to other people's anxiety. We want to shut it down. Hmm. <laughs> and it seems like it's counterproductive. It's super counterproductive. Yeah, yeah. It is very counterproductive. But it can yeah. feel yeah. like it is productive. Yeah. <laughs> and like it's the right thing, especially when that's how you've been raised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, shut that down. I guess I just, it surprises me to think that people who are choosing to work with high schoolers mm. wouldn't be a little bit more like mm. high school is a very anxious What about people age. that are choosing to have kids? Well, I, that I guess is a little different. <laughs> I don't know. You don't think they'd be equipped? No, I think they ready? would be equipped. I just think... They're not. They're, probably, they're not equipped. <laughs> they're, on, they're on 24-7 a little bit more. Like yeah. as yeah. people who like are volunteering, it's like, I'm here for two hours. Like I would hope that you can entertain these anxious thoughts. I think they have the capability of doing it, but I think I think that's sort of the sort of cliche <laughs> way of behaving as a leader and they they had it done to them and they do it mm. to others. Of, mm-hmm. You know, stop it, not well, here, that's inappropriate. And, and it's it's it usually it's often coming from a wonderful intention yeah. for helping. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you don't want to make a scene. Well, like we want you to be able to move on. Sh- sure, but like maybe pr- trying to provide an answer hmm. instead of just naming what's happening and helping people come to an answer. Hmm. So, you know, I know you're worried about that test, but you're going to do great. It's like nobody feels better by that. <laughs> <laughs> But that's Come on, I encouraged you. Stop it. We, we want them <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah. Um, and that's the intention and the hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's just like just saying, 
yeah, tests are stressful. Hmm. Yeah, I get that. This is like, and so when people tend to filter themselves, they are more likely, but all of us can try to fix and treat Mm. it like it's a nail and we have the hammer and all we have to do is provide an answer and that takes Mm. care of the emotion. Hmm. I had had another chippy moment with one of my, my, the same friend, my therapist friend, he's taught me so much over the years, but we went on a long walk and he, he just said very abruptly is like, I'm feeling kind of depressed today. (laughs) And I've learned to sort of ask these questions with him. So we're walking and he's like, I'm being honest about his emotions. I'm feeling kind of depressed today. And I just have learned to say something along the lines of, I feel like encouraging you. What do you think about that? You know? (laughs) And he goes, well, that may be more about you than me right now. Maybe you're just uncomfortable that I'm feeling depressed and Mm -hmm. you want to encourage me so we can move to happier emotions. I was just like, whoa, I've never thought about that. Like, and, and after that moment, it was like this idea of, you know, somebody says they're depressed and I just try to go, you know, tell me more. Oh, interesting. Wow. That's hard. You know, but I I don't know if it's a Christian thing or whatever it is, but our, my, I'll just say my, not our, my initial instinct has typically been here I come the superhero. I'm going to rescue with my encouraging thoughts. Hmm. Instead yeah, of just giving him. you that space to breathe, like the, letting that emotion in the in the safe confines of a relationship express itself, and it helps us. It helps the helper feel better. Yeah, look at me. I'm so encouraging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So a just moment. a few things. A just few things. Like, things. Super helpful. Um, it's helpful to talk. Just to express your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have anxiety, we want to know that that fear is could be a wise protector, mm-hmm. um, but oh. it may not always be all the information, hmm. right? Hmm. It's showing you the information to keep you safe, but it's not necessarily the whole picture. Hmm. It's It's the fear part of the picture, just like... Oh, we're going to have a snowstorm and we might be stuck in the snow, but look, her, where are all the helpers? Mm. Where are all the people who are helping? Mm. Um, we don't necessarily think of those things. And am I actually safe? Yes, I'm safe. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, st- <laughs> there's, this, there's this need to steer clear of the things that rev us up, hmm. like especially if we're in an anxious state. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a difference between intentionally choosing when to stay away from the things that rev us up and avoidance yeah. and trying to know hmm. the difference. Because um, you want to seek That's activities good. that help you calm down. Um, you want to somehow keep a perspective. Terrible things happen, and it's still ha- possible to um, focus on love and hope. Um, Harriet Lerner said that, um, and that we need to connect and connect. That's good. And connect. Um, connect, connect, and connect. And connect. <laughs> we have to somehow, in order to resolve like the stuck anxiety um, and those things that we avoid, we have to somehow face it. We have to walk through it. We have to get to the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, so clinical words, habituation, desensitization, exposure, mm-hmm. Um, we have to somehow find a way to listen to the wisdom. Hmm. Um, the, 
the reason why fear all by itself is false is just, as I said before, it emits the good. Hmm. Um, and then w- what are ways that we can do that? We can put in practices like meditation and journaling and prayer and reflection. Davening. To Davening. Davening. <laughs> doodling. Um, <laughs> Love to doodle. Finding ways. It's like we could just go on yeah. and dancing. Tap dancing. Tap. Dance. My, I yeah, know my a lot daughter of people dances. pick up tap yeah. dancing. This is like, what brings you joy? Mm. What 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 helps you move your body and brings you joy and gives you peace, uh, clarity, a, yeah. like running, yeah. like gives you um, some time away, being with others, um, so that we can. But we also need to reflect on what is good and lovely and beautiful and how can we fill ourselves with that yeah oh it takes a lot of intentionality it seems mm. like <laughs> we've solved it at no we small solved, thing we solved anxiety, anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> i think um well a few f- concluding thoughts uh, uh i think this this going through it, we I guess to an audience that might be listening is concerned about anxiety. It seems that that where is where therapy comes in. That's mm-hmm. you get you get some help in going through it. Mm-hmm. So maybe everybody understands and knows you can't go around it. You do have to go through it, whatever is causing you the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, but a therapist can help. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go through it alone. Is that true? Would you say that's true? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's your job. Yeah. I'm shaking my head. Yeah, yeah. Nodding your head. Yeah. Nodding my yeah, head. Yeah. 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 And um, that's that's part of what I feel like we're um, creating a sacred space is that we're allowing um, we're allowing the fears to be spoken hmm. and then try and understand why they're there. Because mm. there can be so many different causes. Yeah. Um, but trying to unpack them in all of these different ways to say, is this, did you, did you learn this? Is this part of your biology? Is this part of all the stress that's happened? Mm-hmm. Is this, is this, is this, you know, what are all, and it's often, a mixture of things, mm-hmm. multiple dimensions, multiple causes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, how do we, and, and, and working together to try to find, is it tap dancing that gives you mm. a break and what will help you sleep? Mm. Make sure you eat your protein. <laughs> Do you want to have like a, a concluding observation or thought? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay. I, th- I don't think I, I, I would say one of the things I love about Deb, just talking just now, like but like you. in a thank you to Deb. <laughs> uh, and there's like an applause from the audience, <laughs> our audio audience <laughs> and our literal audience um, is, is I think this is a great skill of Deb in particular, because I don't think mm-hmm. it's probably true to all therapists. I think it's true to Deb. Is it seems that when we're discussing a heavy topic, my natural inclination, probably because of some sort of trigger of anxiety, is to laugh it off. Like I want to bring mm-hmm. some laughter into a moment. And Deb always has this way of staying very steady. And this is actually a serious topic. <laughs> and we're going to remain calm and focused. And we're not going to laugh it off. And it's really a really sweet skill. I think we should all learn a little bit from that of yeah. noticing whether it's a 
defense mechanism or not laughter or trying to make a joke out of something that's actually pretty serious, whether it's anxiety or not, you know. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We're so appreciative. We're really thankful. I'm really glad that we as No Small Thing are covering this because I think that this really is something that everybody is probably whether they know it or not, it's a part of their lives. It's like not a small thing. So it's no small, thing. it really is no small thing. And I'm glad we could even just touch on it. And I hope audience <laughs> that this was helpful. It was helpful for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. We do hope it was helpful. And I think, I guess it's in some way part of our growing sense of our own mission of like mm-hmm. trying to offer something that, uh, it, I mean, we one of our buzzwords is curiosity. Mm-hmm. So we are trying to be curious about things like Steven Universe or Kanye West and stuff like that. And it's though I, 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 everybody knows my big thing is that is no small thing. I'm not going to talk about how those are trivial things, <laughs> but I like to. <laughs> that, that's we'll a big get topic. Him started, yeah, but but uh, I like to think that there's other things like this that are a real service, you know. Mm-hmm. To somebody that would be listening, I know I I would love a, a podcast episode about anxiety. So, yeah, thank, thank you, you so much, thank you, Deb, and thanks for listening, everybody. And then Macy drops her microphone, <laughs> <laughs> and Deb delicately lays down her microphone.